2008, in the midst of a frantic America trying to navigate the collapse of the housing market, there was a murder case that took hold of everyone's attention. It was confusing to many. This seemingly innocent young woman, who was doing headstands and singing in the interrogation room, was guilty of murder? If you haven't heard of this case, let me bring you up to speed. Travis Alexander was a young religious Mormon who lived in Mesa, Arizona. Jody Arias was an attractive and carefree, aspiring photographer who lived in Palm Desert, California at the time. Travis worked as a salesman and motivational speaker and they met at one of his conferences in September of 2006 in Las Vegas. They hit it off almost immediately and even though they lived far away from one another, they maintained a long-distance relationship and would occasionally meet at Travis's friend's house in Marietta, California. Because of Jody's eagerness to be Travis's wife, she eventually converted to the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints and was even baptized by him on November 26, 2006 in a ceremony in Southern California. Though Jody tried her best to fit into the ideal Mormon wife for Travis, his strong commitment to his religion made it difficult for him to fully commit to Jody, especially because of all the premarital sex they had been doing. And to Travis, this violated the most crucial principles of his faith. It wasn't long before Travis's friends began noticing Jody's strange behavior. She would follow him to the restroom, listen in on his conversations, snoop through his emails, access his social media accounts, and constantly look through his phone. And because of her obsessiveness and stalker-like behavior, Travis broke up with her. She was completely heartbroken but kept going to the church events that Travis frequented, even going as far as being all over him during his events, and even moved into the same city as Travis just three weeks after the breakup. By December, Jody's behavior increasingly became more and more erratic. Travis started dating a woman by the name of Lisa Andrews. Lisa claimed that Jody would knock on her doors and windows and then run away. Lisa also stated that Jody slashed her tires twice and proceeded to send harassing emails that came from a John Doe. Eight months after moving near Travis, Jody moved back to her family home in Eureka, California in April 2008. The two continued their phone and text conversation and even had phone sex despite everything that had happened. Then in June 2008, Travis planned to go on a trip to Cancun, Mexico with Mimi, a Mormon woman he was courting at the time. His friends were already in Cancun at that point when they were calling him to make plans but became concerned when he wouldn't answer. So on June 9th, after five days of silence, Mimi and two friends headed to Travis's house and they encountered a room covered with a pool of blood and Travis's body was found in the shower. He laid there dead for days his neck slashed from ear to ear, and had at least 27 knife wounds. He also had been shot in the head. There were many different accounts that Jody told to the media and investigators, but overall she claimed self-defense. In May 2013, the jury found Jody guilty of first-degree murder in Travis's death. A judge sentenced Jody to life in prison without the possibility of parole after two juries could not agree on whether to sentence her to death. And following a restitution hearing in June of 2015, Jody was ordered to pay more than $32,000 to Travis's siblings. She remains in Perryville Prison in Arizona today. But many wonder to this day what happened to Jody post-trial. 
while Jodi has remained herself manipulative and boastful. In 2016, she had a phone call with a rapper, Kareem Lefty Williams, who eventually made a bizarre music video about her. In the call, she bragged about how much love she gets even behind bars. It's all good. If this is what it's like to be hated, then keep hating, she shared. She also said, I've had so much love coming in my direction, I can't even respond to it now. Jody complained to the rapper about the food in prison during the same call. She said, on the weekends, they give us a hot dinner. On the weekdays, it's like sandwiches. Nothing is very good. I guess you can compare it to hospital food because it's not bad. It's just not great. In 2017, she also started a civil suit against the head of her previous legal team, L. Kirk Nurmi. She alleged that he broke attorney-client privilege by disclosing confidential and privileged information for the express purpose of financial gain and his own public redemption in a tell-all book about her case, which he published in 2015 called Trapped with Miss Arias. Kirk Nurmi responded to Jody's suit saying, Standing up to the abuse Miss Arias imparted upon me over the years was an important part of my personal transformation, and I will continue to fight this battle with vigor as I defend against this lawsuit, which is best viewed as a continuation of Miss Arias's pattern of attacking men whom she feels have wronged her. He added, Of course, no one person has suffered at the hands of Miss Arias more than Mr. Alexander, and I look forward to clearing the air on all derogatory assertions that Miss Arias made about him, as I defend against outrageous claims made in this lawsuit. Because of the suit, Jody eventually got her way and Kirk eventually had to surrender his ability to practice law. He said publicly that he chose to be disbarred in order to be done with Jody entirely and put her behind him for good. A few years later in October of 2019, Jody Arias appealed her conviction citing cumulative misconduct by prosecutor Juan Martinez, alleging that the prosecutor improperly questioned witnesses, ignored evidence, courted the press, and made unfounded accusations but the appeal was denied. Juan was eventually disbarred in July 2020, but instead in light of other allegations. Then more recently, in 2019, it was revealed that Jody was involved in a romantic affair in prison and was even considering getting married while behind bars. Jody wrote, so here's what he needs to do, of her boyfriend Benjamin Ernst in a letter to her mitigation specialist, Maria De La Rosa, if we marry, then he can petition the court to grant us visitation. The couple never did marry, and Jody eventually lost contact privileges in 2016 when she received a disciplinary action for calling a guard a cop blocker while being detained. She continued her time in jail, meeting many inmates. She met Tracy Brown and Donovan Baring, with whom she shared cells. Tracy was in on charges of kidnapping, while Donovan was incarcerated on charges of being an accessory to arson. All three spent time together in the Estrella Jail in Phoenix, Arizona. Donovan said that Jody would use the fact that she was an attractive young girl to her advantage, and the male guards were completely enamored with her. Tracy concurred that Jody would bat her eyelashes and flirt with them. The woman also mentioned that Jody loved to spend a lot of time with them as they became romantically involved. Tracy even recalled an instance where she and Jody did a striptease for Donovan. 
They also mentioned that Jody would refuse to leave the room when the two had sex. When Tracy and Donovan decided to get married, Jody convinced them to let her officiate their wedding. That's how close they were. The two women described Jody as someone who immersed herself in her art. She eventually gained a following. Many people told her she could be a tattoo artist. So she eventually tattooed the two women a total of eight times, even once signing her name onto Tracy's body. Jody was known by other inmates and got into their good graces by giving or selling her artwork. The inmates especially enjoyed that her paintings would always have a hidden meaning of some kind. In one of her paintings, she represented her suicide threats, which she reserved only for Tracy and Donovan. In the artwork, she painted a cyanide pill between the teeth of a woman. Jody and her relationship with Tracy and Donovan soon deteriorated. Tracy initially tried to help Jody by keeping her social media accounts active, but they soon fell out after Tracy refused to post something extremely vile and hateful about her family. Tracy said, she got really mad and said some pretty horrible things. She tried to lash out at me and have people she knew attack me and my family. It made me feel really bad, really betrayed. I couldn't understand it. While in prison, she began selling on eBay before being banned on the website. She made thousands of dollars selling her paintings on the platform. She later relied on a close group of friends, including Donovan, to make sales through other websites, including her own. One of her more known sold paintings was a portrait of Grace Kelly, which sold for $3,050, and another portrait of Frank Sinatra, which sold for $1,075. As of 2022, she is considered one of the richest murderers alive. Her notoriety paved her way to earning a fortune selling her artwork, and she currently has a total net worth of $1 to $5 million. Tracy Brown was Jody's cellmate for five months, but has a permanent reminder of the killer. Six tattoos, personally inked by Jody. Jody Arias actually confessed to murder, but claimed her ex-boyfriend was not the intended target. She went there hoping to find this other woman and kill her because she took her place. Tracy says Arias confessed during a quiet moment in their cell. I'm just watching her and she kind of goes down to her knees on the floor. And I was looking at her and I said, what are you talking about? And she started crying, just a couple of tears coming out of her eyes. She would lie awake in bushes and watch him. And if she was ever caught, she would tell him she was there to get her social security card. She was so mean to her mom. Coming all the way from California to Arizona, you know, it's a long trip. and. There's that time she'll deny their visits because she wants to visit with a guy that she is manipulating. The defendant shall be incarcerated in the Department of Corrections for the rest of her natural life.